Alexa, turn into the Espro TV podcast. This is a long time coming. Like we've been yeah. trying to plan this for a, a while, exactly. man. It's exactly. just like yeah. Lady Luck always getting in our way we from getting this issues. happen. But it was it was a lot of different things. Time happening. issues, exactly. uh, technical difficulties. Yeah. There was a lot of different times where mm-hmm. it's just we wanted to feature a part of this, but you know we yeah. finally got together. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the ninety second installment of the Espro TV podcast. My name is Maddie, and in the special edition of the episode, we are introducing. Nabor onto the pod, who is uh, definitely a supporter of the Passion Project and definitely wanted to come on and uh, talk about a few things that he's passionate about and what we're passionate about that, you know, helps uh, touch the every angle of culture. So uh, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you for coming. You know what? Thank you, uh, Estro Bro. I really appreciate this. Nabor from GNR Multimedia. Shout out to my partners, Glenn and Russell, GNR Multimedia in Dayton, Ohio. Thank you for bringing me on your show, your platform to express my opinion about what kind of forever and just casual conversation about whatever comes to our mind. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. No, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember uh, how wide eyed you got when I mentioned that I knew exactly where Dayton, Ohio was. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. my fiance's yeah. family yeah. is in Hamilton mm-hmm. and you know, that's, really a stone's throw yeah. from Dayton. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, great craft brew scene out there. And um, one of the coolest uh, beer distilleries I've ever been to was called the Barrel uh, mm-hmm. House Tap House, where the, if you've seen the viral meme, yeah. they appreciate Wu Wednesday. And you've, <laughs> you've seen the paraphernalia of Wu-Tang Clan. Exactly. Of everything of yeah. mine. Yeah. So it's yeah. just they advertise that yeah. they play Wu-Tang on yeah. Wednesday. Which is like, that's that's the place where yeah. I want to be. And members of Wu-Tang were prevalent through the state of Ohio. If you listen to some of their songs. Yes. You know, they give shouts to parts of Ohio. Uh-huh. My brothers in Ohio were crazy Y-O-Y-O. Mm-hmm. You know, they mentioned that. So. Yeah, that's that's the big mm, part of yeah. uh, you've been watching the Wu Tang American Saga. I watched series? the first season. Uh, my friend and partner Glenn put me onto it, and I didn't watch the second season. <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't watch the second season. I think I was Wu Tang fatigued um, oh. because being from New York City, I think I kind of know the story. But I definitely enjoyed that first season. Never watched the second season. Maybe, and let me let me step back a little bit. I watched the first season because we were in a pandemic. Oh, we couldn't okay. go anywhere, dude. I got you. So it was like, okay, what to do? So you get tired of reading and you pay for all these subscriptions. Let me actually watch something on it. Sure. And Wu-Tang was there. And gotcha. I enjoyed it. I absolutely enjoyed the first season. I watched it. Actually, I watched that and I watched the Ozarks. So I got hooked to two of those uh, those shows. But the Ozarks, I think I was a little bit more intrigued by because it was fictional and it kind of dealt with, um, and they kind of actually did money laundering. And at the time, I was working with an investment bank. And I think that piqued my interest more. But Wu-Tang, you know, like I said, being from New York City, um, you know, and just growing up with it and, you know, us enjoying the music, 
Uh, I think after watching our first season, I was set. Um, but maybe if I have time, I will watch the second season of Hulu and check it out. You definitely should. Mm-hmm. Um, the second season is the actual pivotal point because the first uh, couple episodes is uh, Reza mm-hmm. in Ohio. Yeah. Um, he's still actually back to the same old BS by pushing, mm-hmm. but he's taking over, you know, territory. Oh, wow. And it, you know, causes worse beef than it was in New York. And in act that this is the infamous trial that, you know, puts him on the stand mm-hmm. because like if he goes to jail, yeah. if he gets a, um, acquitted for murder, yeah. he, th- there is no Wu-Tang. Okay. Like Rizzo would have been in jail. Okay. And like it wouldn't have happened. So you've seen Wu Tang, yeah. um, their their entire career. I'm one years old when Enter the Wu- <laughs> when Thirty Six Chambers drops. But mind you, like a whole album that yeah. defines like my entire mm-hmm. hip hop palette. Yeah, there's a lot of different things that we've even mentioned in lore. Yeah, of, yeah. you know naming it, but we we've called uh, you know the Chinese spot we visit yes. near our place of establishment right. yeah. is called, um, you know, old dirties. Old dirty. Right. You told me yeah. to yeah, reference yeah. the Dave Chappelle show yeah, yeah. when, you know, the yeah. Asians draft the Wu Tang clan. Right. Also the Wu Tang financial, uh, spoof will yeah. always be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, old dirty could make it today, but he just wanted right. to say, <laughs> it's fantastic. I just yeah. watched um, yeah. the SNL episode that uh, Chappelle was on. It's just like, yeah. I don't know how you still get the rights to your characters, but it works, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It absolutely works. So let's let's get into uh, some real stuff because yeah. uh, you mentioned the channel. You've collaborated with um, your partners in the yeah. past. Mm-hmm. Great stuff, great material. I loved how you challenged a lot of the philosophical details mm-hmm. And a lot of different stuff. And that's definitely another reason why I have you here today. Um, long time of separation since the debut of the film, mm-hmm. Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Yeah. And we've we've even said, you know, the buildup for all of this, we wanted to dissect mm-hmm. this movie because right. it closes the phase four mm-hmm. MCU, which has been under the microscope by the general comic book movie audience that this hasn't hit the same way in the buildup, the the major buildup of how we felt in the early MCU stages. Now, to argue, because I really think on how, what direction they're going has been back to the roots of the nerd structure of what Marvel has always done Mm -hmm. And the first thing that echoes in this film is not the cultural appropriation. It's the fact that comic books always did what they can to go out of their way to represent the problems a lot of people couldn't digest and look in the face. Brian Coogler has always done a great way of capturing that. Yeah, he has. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really think... The only applause that I have for this is what he introduces with Namor, the first yeah. mutant. Junior. But even more so of the dramatics, mm-hmm. because the way how you analyze stuff, mm-hmm. you're talking about the biggest piece in cinematic comic book 
rights that has been fought over for decades. And the first time he premieres in the way that MCU wanted to, it's a knockout of the park. Mm -hmm. Not to mention Ryan Coogler did a great job of the representation in the first film. And he responds once again by doing that, by capturing it with the Latin culture. Yeah. Especially if that's the angle you want to take for Neymar. Mm-hmm. Granted, if there's stuff that you want to pull in the connection of Mesoamerica mm-hmm. to Atlantis, I've seen some crazy shit on ancient aliens and they've tried to pull <laughs> that before. I've, I've seen yeah. it. You know what I mean? But the big one that they're really trying to do is the antediluvian world by Ignatius L. Dunnelly, um, a great American writer of the 19th century. So the inspiration of that in the film is really, again, a huge kudos to Ryan Coogler being very, it's very Americana when capturing like Western culture and putting it into the world today because to be honest with you, I really Mm -hmm. don't think they would ever have that approach, but you were even saying, you know, in discussions and reviewing, you know, what we're talking here as, as it rivals, obviously the idea was to basically go against what Aquaman is, especially when you have the DC cinematic universe with Jason Momoa's character. You want to separate Atlantis Mm -hmm. with the character but do you think it's, you know, for better or for worse? What's your take on it? So I want to piggyback something you said uh, a few minutes ago about um, Ryan Coogler uh, introducing a Latin culture into this movie. I think also a cow to that could be the Disney shareholders because the Latin American market, I mean, is lucrative, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a profit-driven company. Yeah, it always so, has been. It always has. So we're, we're, you know, Black Panther. I think about the first movie, the pageantry, right? The pageantry, African-Americans dressing, uh, African garbs. It was a knockout. So Disney looked at it and said, huh, why don't we tap into the Latin American culture or the Latin culture? So I think I want to give Ryan his props for that, but also I think it's profit-driven too. I think executives at Disney writers said we need to tap into this market. You see the NFL is doing it with having games in Mexico. Why not? We, why are we not tapping into this market too? So I think a lot of it is driven by capitalism. Okay. So I just want to put that out there. There's also a huge stepping stone when you had the major success of not just Pixar's Coco, which mm-hmm. mind you is getting a sequel. That was a great movie. It's a great movie. on Coco, it. Mm-hmm. But the one that has been the earworm in everyone's uh, ear is, you know, not talking about Bruno mm. and Encanto. Yeah. And Encanto had a huge representation, not just from the Colombian aspect, yeah. but there was other cultures that even, you know, surrounded Colombia, like Venezuela yeah. and everybody else, basically representing other Latin cultures yeah. from, you know, a classic feel like that. Before that, you had Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was very whitewashed. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a film that was designed for Chris Farley and David Spade, yeah. and you only had David Spade and had it opposite of John Goodman because it was in his passing. Okay. And the thing is, The Emperor's New Clothes mm-hmm. is the story based off of that, yeah. and it's 
a Peruvian folklore story. Hmm. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I had no idea. That like that there's a far reach yeah. of that gap yeah. before Disney, you know, goes into that. Exactly. Okay. Like to me, still to this day, bringing the you know circle together, yeah. the movie Road to El Dorado mm-hmm. by DreamWorks, which is now Illumination, is still a great film that captures the culture mm-hmm. of Mesoamerica. Yeah. It's and it was a beautiful film. Yeah. It's a fantastic film. So, where I will enable the sweetness to the weakness mm-hmm. concept where you're just calling it what it is. What it is. I agree. Yeah. It's yeah. when people want to cash in on the fact of mm-hmm. bringing this together. Yeah. Disney is, you know, of course, definitely counting their chickens, my it, man. Precisely. You had it with mm-hmm. uh, turning red, yeah. which represented the Asian community mm-hmm. specifically from the Korean yeah. side of things, even more to hitting our audience here. Mm-hmm. You had uh, Soul, which brought down a lot of stuff into music, yeah. but it hits you like on the collective part. And this was the biggest flop because, again, you said right in the beginning of quarantine, this is when Disney Plus mm. dropped, but that first Pixar film onward, onward yeah. which represented like the nerd representation, but it was, it was a flop. Yeah, yeah. And lately, Disney has been having some of these flops. Mm-hmm. So... You see what they're trying to invest yeah. and definitely count their chickens when it comes to that. Exactly. And that's where the money is getting paid of yeah, it. Yeah. You, you, you could obviously see the double-edged sword where you like it, mm-hmm. but you don't know how to feel about it at the same time. Precisely. Yeah. So to your question about um, DCEU, Aquaman versus uh, MCU, um, Confederate and Namor, I definitely dug MCU in terms of how their Aqua City was in terms of Talokan, uh, more grounded, uh, more uh, into cultural aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to take anything from uh, Aquaman. I definitely enjoyed the futuristic, technological underwater city in that. But I definitely favor what Marvel did. I felt a lot more, I won't say realistic, but the story behind it about how they ended up having an underwater kingdom. As mutants. Yeah, as mutants. Right. You know, um, Spanners came in, conquered, brought in smallpox. We, this root, we ingested this root. It gives the ability to breathe underwater. We decide to leave mankind from the wars, famine, and disease, and set up this city underwater. So that storyline, I absolutely was digging. You know, um, versus Aquaman, where some power surge caused an earthquake and we ended up uh, underwater and underwater. We uh, evolved in different types of Atlanteans. So definitely I was feeling the MCU storyline versus uh, DCEU when it did with uh, the Aqua Kingdom and Aquaman. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the funnier part is, you know, for the for the comic book nerds at home who do the homework, it's just everybody believed it was going to be the Atlantis versus Wakanda war story arcs mm-hmm. that were going to be going on. Yeah. But really it's just what a power struggle is where I could see what you were saying, like the plot where it's just like, 
did you really just stop over the most ridiculous factor? Not to mention on how the movie ends. And again, for those who are listening and you still haven't seen Wakanda Forever, I mean, we've given you a month. <laughs> and I mean, we have given you a month. But again, spoilers for, you know, you're listening. Yeah. This is why we have timestamps and you can fast forward for all that jazz. But yeah. if you're saving yourself the time because, yeah. you know, you subscribe to this and you've pretty much given up at this point, I get it. I get it too. There's another part that, you know, Nabor is definitely going to be chewing my ear off on something that I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm going to keep fighting him on it. <laughs> so definitely um, to go into, you talked about the plot. Yeah. And I want to go, yeah, yeah, go yeah. into that. And so when I left watching Quantum Forever, you were one of the first people I text. I'm yeah. like, great movie, fire emojis left and right. I was like, this movie's awesome. I love it. I got home. And it's almost like when you're dating a girl, when you first meet a girl, you're dating her for the first month of this honeymoon period. And then after a while, you start looking at things like, huh, I'm not sure she's the one. But I felt the same way. As analogous, felt the same way after I saw Wakanda Forever. I sat down on the couch and I started thinking about it. And something came over me called Logic. <laughs> the euphoria of Wakanda Forever was leaving me. It left me when I sure. sat down my couch. Sure. And this thing called logic kicked in. Mm-hmm. It kicked in strong. And then I started saying to myself, well, that didn't make any sense. Right. So this is what didn't make sense to me. Okay. Okay. So the subplot I didn't care for. The subplot of Let's go after Riri Williams, the scientist, young scientist, and kill her because she developed this machine um, that could detect vibranium. Okay? So I'm like, hmm, wait a minute. So United States of America, CIA is always used, already using this, this machine, this equipment. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it have schematics for this already? Why would we want to kill a scientist for a machine that's already been created and the United States government has already used that, of course, they would ask Max to this. They would know how it's used and operated. Mm. And also, if this scientist is so valuable, right, why is she walking around campus on MIT selling the answers to exams? Wouldn't she be protected by the United States government somehow, working with the Department of Defense or some other government agency? That's the, the one. That's the one hole that they left out when she was hired for the project for the CIA. Mm-hmm. They kept her like a mushroom. They, you know, fed her right. shit and kept her in the dark. But had her walking about campus right. with no government official protecting her, watching her right. move, it was odd. I was like, okay, this is odd. And the storyline actually was analogous to Terminator 2, Third Act, Sarah Connor going after Miles Dyson. Miles Dyson the computer science for Cyberdyne, Cyberdyne developing artificial intelligence mm-hmm. that became self-aware, mm-hmm. took over nuclear arms globally mm-hmm. that led to nuclear annihilation judgment day. So I'm like, this is Terminator 2, plot right here. Go after this. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm sitting in my home, my couch. I'm like, I've seen this before. Right. This is, this is T2. This is Sarah Connor going after. Stop this or else. Yeah, going to the Miles Dyson. Right. And actually, if you think about it, it's this whole franchise of Terminator where the Sarah Connor Chronicles, she's going after different scientists. Love that show. That show was awesome. Should have never canceled that that show was awesome. Great show. She was going after the scientists, going after them, each one of them, 
who would help develop Cyberdyne, mm-hmm. the AI. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, holy cow. They took T2 storyline yeah. and incorporated in this film. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a very interesting concept. And T2 is my favorite Terminator. It is. My, it's one of the best sci-fi films, uh, I would say, all time. James Cameron, obviously, yeah. on the first two, huge. Yeah. yeah. The fact that, well, here's the heartbreaking mm-hmm. factor. Um, Disney now owns Terminator because of, mm-hmm. you know, 20th Century Fox. Now, I didn't know that. Yeah. They own that property. Okay. It's, it's the same concept where there's a lot of James Cameron things that he touches. That's why you see Avatar there. I cannot wait for the reprise because, you know, you and I have spoke about the mm-hmm. Predator film that was on Hulu. Yeah. Mind you, this film was so good that it should have been a theater release. Like, I really think oh, it was. Oh, yes. Dad loved that. Yeah. yeah. The Predator film, or it was called Prey. It was I'm called sorry. Prey. Yeah. It was Prey. Prey. I we should have did a review for that. We should have. We should have. We should have. That was the oh, one I of the it. things that had the time coming with Halloween where we wanted to yeah. beam that up. But as I'm saying, mm. like even in the sci-fi concept, right. I can't wait for the first Alien film that Disney does. Because mm. it's either going to be make or break. And I really hope you get James Cameron to like yeah. oversee that yeah, because project, yeah. a lot of people mm. think James Cameron ruined the alien franchise with aliens, but it's like, it's a, it's a house split. It really is because really Ridley Scott's imagination was captured. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he was given the shot again with Prometheus and it was, you know, lackluster at best. It was lackluster. Yeah. So, you know, whatever the next step is for the alien, because uh, alien covenant was left with a huge question mark. Mm -hmm. And I know they have to go like to return to that story. Yeah. Again, similar to it following Alien, mm-hmm. Prometheus to Alien Covenant, it was a better story. Yeah. But, you know, to pretty much be the prequel to yeah. leads up to what Alien is, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And it's going to be rather interesting. Going back mm-hmm. to the plot mm-hmm. where you're challenging Ironheart. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's just the way that they're scooching her in. Yeah. And the way how they're introducing some of these characters mm-hmm. to be the new Avengers. Exactly. In is, the future phase. Mm-hmm. It's it's not confusing mm-hmm. the audience members. It's really encouraging audience members to get more diverse yeah. in the multiple facets of comics. Yeah. Which is why, like, this the Shuri plotline of her becoming the black Panther is, you know, something that she's having a hard time grasping with the whole subliminal plot of her struggling with the loss of her brother Mm -hmm. and trying to resurrect the herb that creates the individual of the powers of the black Panther Mm -hmm. is something that, she believes that the traditions die. That's something that I think is the big part that when, even when she consumes yeah. the herb and she is supposed to meet her ancestors, right. she meets Killmonger. Killmonger. Mm-hmm. And the interesting part yeah. is the same thing that he says. It's like tradition should die. Yeah. That, that things that echo louder in even the present day yeah. outside the media, where you just yeah. look outside your window, mm-hmm. a lot of traditions are dying. 
yeah. with your generation yeah. and my generation. I mean, your generation leads the pack, and I'm right behind you, my don't, man. Don't don't get me started. I mean, that could be another segment. I've always echoed that that um, things that we've done in the past traditions have been diluted, grossly diluted. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, simple things as um, that's why you said this is copy and paste, right? It is. It is. I mean, I, I, I running out of ideas. I, I can I can go on, man. I can, that's not showing so, but th- you're definitely right about um. Uh, Siri, you know, I, I that part of it I, I got, and I definitely enjoy mm-hmm. uh, you know grappling with a tradition, not believing, not having faith in tradition, you know, yeah. and understanding it, right? You know? Absolutely, and uh, and and it's it is definitely um, it mirrors our society now in terms of you know um, we're technologically fast. This is a great book. I've got the, the author's name called McDonaldization in Our Society, where we want everything heat up and fast and quick. I read it when I was in college, actually. And that's where we're doing right now. So she was struggling with the loss. But I think the whole cast, actually, it was more mourning Chadwick Boseman's death. The whole entire cast throughout the movie. The entire film. The whole, it was, it pulled in your heartstrings. You know, you're sitting there and you're feeling it, you know. Uh, Oh, absolutely. And there was a big void with him not being there. But um, she struggled uh, with that, struggled with taking the mantle. And actually, as you can see at the end of the movie, she doesn't want it. You know, this Definitely, you can see there's going to be a segue. There's going to be probably civil war within Wakanda anyway. I, I see it happening. You know, struggle for power. I believe it. It's going to happen. You could see a segue happening. I believe Disney Plus, they're going to have their own uh, show, Wakanda Forever. Oh, no, actually, Wakanda. And you will see probably that plot line uh, segue over to that. I could see M'Baku doing like a heel turn. Yeah. As, especially him. Like, you see the last scene where he's challenging for the throne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because. Uh, his character, White Ape, yeah. does, you know, yeah. he's a huge rival of T'Challa. T'Challa, yeah. And that, that's the big reveal where you actually have T'Challa, mm-hmm. the child, yeah. or T'Challa 2, if right, we want to do this in royalty right. concept. Yeah. T'Challa 2 is we definitely you know wrong. going to challenge for it. But I really think that's how they're going to expand more, not just with the multiverse theory, but the mm-hmm. quantum verse theory, yeah. which is yet to come in phase five. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that Ant-Man uh, movie. It looks pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah, the trailer's great. One thing I want to pull out of you yeah. that it hit me right here. Mm-hmm. Do you really think that the whole homage mm-hmm. to Chadwick Boseman basically being the shade pull over you, is that the reason why it impacted the fact that like the plot of this doesn't add up? Yeah, I think so. I, I think... I mean, if you strip that away, his death. Yeah. It's an okay movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an okay. It's not a great movie. It's an okay movie. You know, it's, there was induction to Namor. Um, Which is huge. Right. It, it, it's absolutely huge. It's you historic. Know, Riri's character. Mm-hmm. Um, Einhardt, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the Midnight Angels. Yep. Right. So there are things that, you know, it was a it was a basically it was a tribute homage to Chadwick, but also introduction. So I think that's why I carried it on the movie to three hours long. You know, after why you, you know, because I saw it twice. I'm like, OK, I see why it was so long. And then also to uh, to Charles son, you know, who's going to mm-hmm. take on the mantle, become probably part of New Avengers. Yeah. Um, but if you take away, take away his death from the movie, I think you're dealing with a OK movie. It's not a great movie. It's an OK movie. And uh, it's funny how you, you know, earlier you told me that a friend of yours said he thought it was better than this, Wakanda is better than the first one. And I'm like, I don't see it. I mean, I, I think 
his opinion is very unique and everyone's entitled to it, but he will, will have to have a sit down point for point conversation for him to tell me, highlight exactly why he thinks Wakanda ever trumps over the first one. You, you know, hear it, that commissioner comic book, you're being called out yeah, you, uh, to return the call and definitely bring that up. Definitely something to, you know, possibly chat on Twitter if Elon doesn't shut it down. Yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to tell me exactly why you feel that way. But yeah, I, I definitely think this uh, movie, it was good. It was a good movie, but was it great? No, it was not great. I definitely want to see a lot. I want to see more from uh, M'Baku. You know, I definitely want to see more of uh, his role. I think it's kind of muted. Um, right. You know, it's, he said a couple lines, Namor knocked him out the park. <laughs> and, and that was it for him. Right. You know, uh, maybe more of a bow scene on, on top of that, a bow shift ahead. It still seemed unlikely that all of a sudden Shuri could suit up and then she's yeah. like owning him on the business. And, like that's, this doesn't and, and, make and, sense. And I agree with that. It just, okay. So where did you get your combat training? <laughs> you know, for you, real. you know, Namor, a warrior. Yes. This guy's a warrior since he was born, you know, warring, we're a scientist. You're a scientist, and now you're flipping and toe, going toe to toe with this guy. Right. Well, at the end, she did outsmart him having the the, the, uh, the jets. You know, she probably realized she dehydrated him. These are the jets. You know, yeah. and that knocked him out. But at the end, yeah, when I saw her flipping around and um, you know, beating up members of uh, Talcan, beating up you know these are people who are warriors. These people. You know, superhuman strength, warriors, agile, no, have hand-to-hand combat experience. Yeah. And you just donned a suit, and you're just, like, flipping around, kicking everybody's butt. You know, so I was like, yeah, that was a stretch. But, hey, I went with it. I didn't argue with it. I just thought, like I said, the subplot with earlier with the killing, you know, let me go kill mm-hmm. the scientists. I'm like, huh, sounds only familiar. And it just hit me. I'm like, <laughs> it, it hit me all at once. You know, like, oh, this is T two. That's I very said, huh? Funny. Y'all went to T two. Y'all, y'all thought y'all, y'all thought Joe was slick, but you didn't fool his brother. His brother knew funny. better. I sat down. I was like, this is T two. This is Sarah Connor. You know. So, but oh no, I definitely enjoyed the movie. Um, looking forward to see uh, the next phase, Marvel, and yeah. to see exactly what Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, and. You know, I'm not sure when we'll see a, a Black Panther three. I guess you know we have to see um, young T'Challa. You Time know, will tell. He gets older, maybe become a you know teenager. Then he wants to take the mantle, and whoever is uh, at the throne, he have the challenge. Right. Right. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Another thing I want to bring up because you did mention you know the streaming service of Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney by now, you should definitely try to sponsor this podcast at some point. <laughs> I know that there's probably like 500 other podcasts that probably breaks down everything on there. You probably had a lot of people slander you over, you know, She-Hulk. I'm, oh, I'm, She-Hulk. I'm, I'm oh, about to slander uh, this Andor show. No. My man here has been trying to get me to watch this. Uh-oh. I even had young Jaime uh, begging me to watch this. I gotta tell you, it's just I'm I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not honing in or taking the admiration of the original trilogy is you know godly. It's not. I've even had DJ Foresight come to admitting a huge Star Wars fan, mind you, and he said Star Wars is mid at best because of what it's done. And saturating the product. Mm. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Okay. And Disney has, you know, 
for the better and for the worse yeah. has like two edges of this, you know, concept. But here's why I'm not watching. Because you're going to break it down anyway mm-hmm. on the reasons why I should be watching. Yeah. I'd, I'm tired of prequels of prequels. <laughs> I am. Look, Rogue One, amazing film. It's Great. it's one in the, the best, it's in the top the five Star Wars of films. the Star Wars films of, of all time. Yep. Okay. I really didn't need a prequel story of that and the background <laughs> of the build up to that. Like I, I, I don't. It's just like you know, if you wanted prequel of prequels, wouldn't you appreciate episodes one, two, and three more? This isn't a band aid to cover that up. Yeah. Those exist. Yeah. And you can't dismiss that. Yeah. And that goes to the other thing part. The prequels are my trilogy because as a child, I went to the movie theater mm-hmm. and saw all of them. I resonate with them because of how much that they expanded on the EU even further that anything that the original trilogy fans couldn't have never imagined. There's always been the deep ingrained jealousy that that was more expanded and we had more in quality products versus toys and collectibles and comics. We had video games and I'm finally getting into, you know, roots with that. There was a great deal on my Nintendo Switch to buy both Knights of the Old Republic games. And they're remastering those to have them on the new systems, okay. mind you. Mm-hmm. Knights of the Old Republic is my whole bag of like classic Star Wars that is unrelated to the current story. Yeah. And that was the other part where he says, you don't get me on board because call me, you know, too much of a nerd or a sucker, but you have nothing mentioning like the Sith and Jedi. You know, <laughs> There's like I, the, the concept of Rogue yeah. One where they, they're going to the one planet to harvest the Kyber crystals. Mm-hmm. The basic thing that powers the, the Death Star metaphorically is a giant lightsaber yeah. or, you know, however you want to put it <laughs> right. because it's made in the seventies, a giant penis or however, whatever it's technically a giant yeah. uh, boob floating mm-hmm. for all we care, but it's igniting a laser shot of what is supposed to be kyber crystals for the purged Jedi Mm -hmm. throughout the universe. That's what's powering the station, Mm -hmm. not the, the force or the ability to force that out. It's the magic of these crazy laser crystals. All right. And that's outlined in rogue one. Mm -hmm you see at the very end on how they get that last bit of those kyber crystals and they test it on the place they were harvesting from and they destroy the planet. Mm -hmm. Not thinking that they were destroying the planet. They really thought they were just doing a shot. They destroyed that planet. And that's how you see the events of the original trilogy pan out. The ensemble's great. Yeah. I like the ensemble for solo. There's an, People who've come on the show and said that give Solo its roses. So what? They humanized Han Solo. (laughs) Like, you can't be mad that Childish Gambino is doing his damn best of showing up as he would at a comic con representing as Lando Calrissian. He nails that performance. It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. But I don't need a political highest concept of the thicket of the rebel alliance 
coming up to oppression. You said the same thing about like, you know, I'm watching T2 when I'm watching Wakanda forever. Motherfuckers just need to flip on, you know, the history channel and watch what inspired the empire in the first place. IE the reasons why we, you know, watch historical context on Nazi Germany and yeah. Hitler mm-hmm. and how that represents, you know, the empire. The empire, yeah. It's basically, that's what it is. It's Nazism out of space. But Andor is a great show. It's basically from what, this is why I love it, right? It's mature. Now, I think you and I had this conversation before. Well, like Star Wars, you can have different storylines, right? You have Mandalorian where it's a Western, not a space. You mm-hmm. have Solo where he's a, basically a, a, a space pirate, to sort of speak. He's a, he is a, a, he's a, he's a runner, right? Yeah. He's a runner. Yeah. Um, then you have the Jedi and the Sith, which are like mystical um, arts people, right? Summarized. Space wizards. Space wizards, you know, so. It's, it's RPG for every single line, which is why, like, mm-hmm. when I mentioned Knights of the Old Republic, yeah. it is one of the classic RPGs yeah. of, and it's one of the games that define mm-hmm. the universe yeah. and understanding everything of Star Wars. Exactly. It's it's a staple mm-hmm. for the Star and I And I even broke down with you how other facets of Star Wars video games are huge, yeah, yeah. especially with, like, what they hold supporting mm-hmm. the EU and other things. But this show right here, like I said, it's still for mature audience. It's dark. It's gritty. You know, and it's it does, you know, uh feeds my curiosity about the Rebel Alliance. You think about the galaxy, different planets who are being impressed by the Empire, and you wonder how did they get together? Because you have Saul Guerrero, his guerrilla tactics, his extreme being and then you have these other facets of the rebel lines that are not that extreme you know mm-hmm. that may be more muted you know maybe apprehensive to go against empire how was it financed any who's flipping the right bill. right that's any the, right any <laughs> any 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 movement you have to finance it right but, how, how you're able to finance something when <laughs> how you have to finance this this thing when the empire has their hand in every pocket i mean right we watched clone wars. was it clone wars or the bad batch where they had them yeah. basically get those those uh i can't really call it, but it was basically social security card numbers where everyone had to register right with the empire but I mean, we want you to register who you are so we know where you are so how you were able to do so many things you had to register your spacecraft Rest of your, your person. So how were you able to finance? Of course, you use criminals, right, to do this. Of thing. course and they, you do. And one of the things that, you know, uh, one thing Andor shows us is that, you know, it kind of unearths in the criminal element that we don't see. You know, mm-hmm. we usually see the pikes of the other crime syndicates. We see them on Mandal- Mandalorian. We saw the Bowen. You know, we saw Bubba Fat. We saw that. But this show kind of brings you to other places. Then you have politicians who are neck and neck tied to these criminals right and making these deals to ensure they get the financing they need to set to this cause right? it's rebel lines and then you see people like andor who is the main character who wants no part of this okay he doesn't want he's a rebellious against the empire he's doing things here and there but it's not organized right he doesn't have the philosophical beliefs yet that he wants to challenge the empire and in this show, it just shows this transformation to from, listen, I'm doing something here. I don't like the Empire. You know, I'm kind of a quote unquote rogue, right? Right? I'm a solo lone wolf doing my own thing. I don't have the problem killing anybody from the Empire. 
right, to get what I need. But I don't want to be part of your cause. I don't care about your cause. I, I see but, what I mean. But as time went on, as these episodes illustrate beautifully, he gets, he's like, wait a minute, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. His mother, he was trying to, this is, I'm not going to spoil for you, but there's an episode where he's like, tells him, okay, I have come into some money mm-hmm. because he was part of a heist, right? right. He's part of a heist. They, they had his heist where they stole some money from the empire and money's going to be washed. It's going to be laundered mm-hmm. to help with the rebel, rebel alliance. So he took his portion. He said, okay, give me my bread. He wants his mother's on his planet. He said, okay, stop was a bounce and get out of here. She said, no, I'm staying right here. You see what's going on around us. You see what the empire is doing to us. I'm going to die here fighting against them. And he's like, okay, bye-bye. Leaves his mom, go to some other planet where it's like basically Miami. (laughs) (laughs) Gets incarcerated for some frivolous charge. He's put into a prison camp where they're helping to build pieces and components for the Death Star. Right. So they tell you a petty theft, you know, you probably get six months for petty stealing something. They increase to six years. So Palpatine is is instituting slave labor yeah. now. And he's every episode, he's like, okay, this is not right. And I kind of want to not be myself no more. I see my friends, family members, all part of his cause to t- try to dethrone the empire. Why I'm not part of this? This show is absolutely written great. I mean, it's a slow burner. Don't get me wrong. It's a slow burner. I did. But, I heard a lot of people saying it's a lot of buildup. If you truly appreciate storytelling, character development, a mature storyline where it's not people pulling out lightsabers and swashbuckling each other all the time and moving things move through the mind control and stuff, and you want to see a grounded approach to Star Wars, this is it for you. This is straight on people getting killed, people being tortured, slave labor. You're seeing it all, man. You're seeing all in this show. And I absolutely love it. I absolutely watch it. I watched every episode and I just, I'm engulfing it, man. It really has me. So I would implore you to watch a couple of episodes. I know you like the Jedi mystique, but watch a couple of episodes and you enjoy it. At least three episodes in, you enjoy it. Watch three episodes, you see the buildup and you see what I'm talking about because it is slow burn, but it's fast moving and you see the characters. You know, and I think when you watch it, too, there's certain characters you can like, you know, relate to real people in your life. Probably people you work with. So, OK, yeah, that's the, the brown noser, you know, right. <laughs> that's the extremist right here. Yeah, that's a company man. You know, that's a rebellious guy in the office, you know, who says, mm-hmm. screw it. I'm leaving at four o'clock. And what are you going to do to me? Right. That's the guy said, I'm not coming for hybrid days. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know? You, you can you can you can see, it. I you see know, you, you, I see you, you, you can see it, brother. I mean. Watch it for yourself. I'm advocating for you to do it. I'm a proponent for it. Disney knocked it out the park with this particular series. That's the one chalked up for the W. I love for, it. for that side of Star Wars. I actually love it. We'll see. I, I mean, I won't make no promises. The The other concept of, you know, watching stuff now is just how much you hear the mixed stuff on both sides and... That, that's the part you want to drown out when it comes to, you know, the fan base. 
lastly, talk about movies because, you know, normally around this time of year, because, you know, we are recording in December, by the way, is definitely talking about um, everything of other movies that are coming out. You saw some different teasers come yeah. out this week. Mm-hmm. Three of them that were big. Mm-hmm. You got a new trailer for the Super uh, Mario Brothers film. Right? Right? So they see in this new teaser, you've, you have more and more people still big mad about Chris Pratt not sounding Italian enough <laughs> for this. And yet you're just going to have all the passes in the world for Charlie Day as Luigi, Charlie Day, an Irish person. It's even for, I mean, look, we all know Jack Black is stealing this show as Bowser. Anya Taylor-Joy is delivering as Peach from what we've heard. But it's just like, this movie is finally going to put Nintendo at the seat of the table. We've seen success in the Sonic films, the first two. And, like, that's going pretty well for what it is. And now, you know, Mario is finally gracing the screen in the ways we wanted to see. Because the other films and the other shows, they've always been considered horrid (laughs) from what they are. I mean, yeah, the obvious way you're going to do this is an animated piece. There's no way you can do this in a live action. So you didn't like the, uh, what's the guy's name? Like, was Jonathan Luxamo as uh, uh, Luigi. Luigi You know, he's never seen it. I don't He's blame him. He's never seen it because he knows it's a big pile of shit. I don't. I don't blame him. I mean, um, I know. I know he saw the check. The check probably was pretty decent. No, it wasn't. What, what did you get paid for? The, it? You see the quality of that film. It's like it's the worse than TV. Like, I mean, I, I, I promise you, it's late '80s, early '90s film. Yeah, yeah. From the way how they try to spin the culture of it, of '80s, '90s culture, it's yeah. almost sickening. Like, like this doesn't add up or yeah. make sense. To like the Mario universe. No, I mean it was a horrible movie. I I think I watched bits and pieces of it. I wasn't really engaged. Even my younger self was engaged. I watched it. I was like, okay, no. <laughs> well, I was like, I can't watch right. more of it. I was like, okay, right. It's like okay. I watched for the culture yeah. and the concept of understanding it. There's a reason why Tron reigns supreme as the number one video game so film dope. for the longest time. So dope. Tron always won. Yeah, Tron so dope. Listen, mm-hmm. you don't get. People start reconsidering this until Disney, yeah. as the one we mentioned, with mm-hmm. Wreck-It Ralph yeah. racing it. Which, mind you, Wreck-It, Wreck-It Ralph, Ralph is good. Wreck-It Ralph that is one of my top yeah. favorite Disney films. Yeah, it was good. Wreck-It Ralph was pretty good. The other one that should definitely belong in the museum is Indiana Jones 5. Oh, yeah. Harrison Ford, brother, hang it up, my man. <laughs> hang it up, my brother. Hang, hang up it. the hat. Uh. Hang up the whip. Hang up the hat. The Holy whip. CGI, Batman. Man, hang it up. It's not believable. What? How old is this guy now? It's 80 years old? 90? 100 years old? Let's, um, <laughs> let's, let's ask the Google <laughs> box. How old are you, bruh? I mean, when I saw that, I was like, no, nah, come on, dude. Harrison Ford is 80. Oh, yeah. 8-0. Eight, 8-0. Zero. Eight, zero. Swinging. With the whip. With the whip. On, he was uh, horseback riding, I think, in a train. Like, there was an underground... That's that's a stunt double, man. But, dude... An 80-year-old is not it, horseback riding. It, who, why haven't it passed the torch yet? I just, look, I, we, we said the other day that Shia LaBeouf didn't want it. Who and it made you? sense. Okay. It made sense. We, we did. There was, there was a rumor mm-hmm. for the longest time yeah. before the acquisition... For, uh, the major you know, yeah. 20th Century Fox acquisition, that Robert Pattinson was 
more or less going to take it over. Okay, I until can see him. you know the Batman yeah. project took up a lot of his time. And he did a great job with that right. too. And you know, then there's this narrative, yeah. which one that we find annoying, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden you need to have more representation of these prolific characters. You know, we run into that concept with, you know, James Bond Yeah. and everybody on the internet says Idris Elba will play the perfect one. But the problem is Idris has admitted that he's too old for the role, yeah. which makes sense. So, and then he could like, still pull it off. Well, Idris is in his forties and he's in, he's shape and I can pull off. I think uh, what's his comedian. I've got his South African brother. What's his name? Uh, Trevor Walton. No, not Trevor Walton. Noah. Uh, Trevor Noah. He said, the only issue would be because he's of African descent. He said, imagine him, James Bond in Ireland. <laughs> he said, and he goes to a bar and I'm like, you're not from around, are you? And he said, how, how would you, how do you figure that out? He said, mm, your face. Happy <laughs> rolling. I said, yeah, quite interesting. My, uh, Glenn from GNR Multimedia is a huge James Bond fan. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. He loves James Bond. You know, uh, we did a show about James Bond on our YouTube channel and, um, I like James Bond, but can never get into him for some reason. I don't know why. Because he's well-dressed, well-mannered, drinks a martini, shaken but not stirred. You really, kill people for a living. Very elegant guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm okay with You people. work for the government. You yeah. basically are saving yeah. the world. And you get to man. sleep with any yeah, woman you want. Man. So I'm like, I don't know why I never got into James Bond, you know? It was the perfect thing to attach yourself to during the Cold War era. Mm. And that's where a lot of people resonate with it. Yeah. It, you see the reboot when Daniel Craig makes the scene for it all. And he's a good, he's a good James Bond. He, he was a great James yeah, Bond. Yeah, he's a good James Bond. He was absolutely phenomenal. Who's it, your favorite one? I don't know. We were having this conversation last night over cigars and bourbon. Mm. Um, I am a sucker for Roger Moore. Yeah, I think Ro- I'm a Roger Moore fan too. I'm a, for some reason. I'm a that, sucker that's, for that's, Roger Moore. I did like. There's him. no yeah. disrespect to Sean, to Sean Connery. No, not at all. But there's a lot of controversy surrounding Sean Connery's like off-screen behavior. That let's we're we're not going to call him comparable to the Duke, yeah, uh, John Wayne. But everybody, you know, now is dragging John Wayne through the muck for how. He's been uh, terrible off screen. The last one I want to break down is um, the Guardians 3 trailer, mm-hmm. which is um, definitely something interesting because, you know, you mentioned Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. That's coming out. That's kicking off Phase 4 as the first film. But the next Guardians film is basically right behind it with Volume 3. You know, they, they teased Adam Warlock. It looks like there's a lot of drama and hurt with this. And even more so with, it's not James Gunn walking out the door. I really think the whole background of James Gunn coming in and out of Hollywood first, when they tried to remove him from, you know, the projects with guardians two and guardians three. Now he's taking over for the DC, which has been, you know, Harold as, this is the guy who's going to save us and put us back on the map. Yep. We finally, you know, had the opportunity mm-hmm. to match MCU because the, this guy has made masterpiece works. He's even made, he's redeemed certain factors of our franchise with the suicide squad and 
Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all the right things that are coming out of the work, but I really mm. think this is his calling card out with mm. this one yeah. because we have no idea how Guardians is going to go after this film. One thing I want to bring up as we transition is the Guardians Christmas special that just aired. Uh, I can't wait to show this to my mom because uh, yeah. Kevin Bacon was her teenage heartthrob. Really? Up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she loves yeah. Kevin Bacon so much. that The Kevin Bacon part, just it, it, I could not stop laughing. I didn't see it. When, uh, no, he was kidnapped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the, it, like, obviously... You know, as a runtime for a holiday special, it's completely appropriate for like how it is, and especially when aliens land in you know Hollyweird, just to like make it very very funny. But yeah, it's just like the whole concept of Kevin Bacon being the present. It's just like it's obvious what you know it's called when the gift is for Peter, and he's like, "You human trafficked a person as a present." Yeah, for you to keep. It's like you don't hear what he's saying, what you're saying right now. My favorite part is like when Groot, who I believe is in a suit of Vin Diesel this time, around, <laughs> because like they they have Groot chiseled out of rock. Yeah, man, from how it is. Yeah, he is. And he's I am Groot. He's I like Groot, yeah. you wheeled him out here. What do you mean? <laughs> Listen, you know I am Groot is the best philosophy yeah. ever. <laughs> It is the best philosophy ever. It is the holidays, as we are mentioning. Mm -hmm. We are two adult men from two different generations, obviously witnessing more generations come up. Kids, if you're listening to this podcast, I do, again, question why you're listening to this. Because (laughs) we're boring adults. I do know that, you know, we have a lot of adults our age Mm -hmm. who tune in to support the program. And you're probably thinking... God, there's a lot of kids out there these days. My siblings are having kids. My best friend's, you know, four-year-old is definitely going to want stuff. And you have no idea what to gift for the holidays this season. That's okay. That's what me and Nabor is here. We're actually going to break down uh, USA's ranking the top 10 gifts here um basically for um as much as is from babies to definitely uh 10 and up first thing here which is you know very interesting is that everybody thought that the fisher price you know kitchens uh thing is always been hype i remember my sisters getting it when we were younger but play-doh's got a whole ice cream truck now i love it i mean it promotes entrepreneurship yeah. This is a great thing. I like it. Yeah. It's it's cute. Play-Doh right. has always been undefeated, too. Mm-hmm. Just please don't eat it, kids. <laughs> please don't eat it. This Fly Bar Fun Park Racer Bump car looks like, you know, an insurance lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. What do you think? I, I, I second <laughs> that. I don't think any parent should get this because it just sounds like, you know, someone ACL might get tore up if, if the kid runs into you with his, uh, his vehicle. Absolutely. You know, um, so... You know, from this modeling photo, how many times do you think this kid was crying before they got the right photo <laughs> taken? <laughs> I mean, there, there looks yeah. like there's a lot of makeup there, uh-huh. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I have never watched Coco Melon, but I know like Coco Melon is the thing on Netflix that's okay. rivaling like PBS and you know hmm. Nick Junior. Yeah. Um, so like a interactive Coco Melon doll yeah. for learning. You know, let's. That's very interesting. 
Uh, Bluey's Ultimate Lights and Sounds Playhouse. Bluey being one of the popular programs on Disney. Mm-hmm. This is a great little thing where a kid could escape their imagination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's, you know, one of the things that's being challenged in uh, what we see with the next generation is that, you know, the influence of being gender neutral with a lot of different things you influence. This looks like a gender neutral dollhouse. Yeah that you know a lot of people will interact with granted like you know my sister's barbie's dream house yeah and i had the matchbox star wars stuff that was cool i mean it's the same concept what's the difference between action figures and dolls they both bend the same way dude and we had uh back in the days we had a, a transformer like bow stations yeah we Optimus prime had his trailer mm-hmm. which was basically a semi semi mobile headquarters and now's our thing you know, so the He-Man bases and He-Man, the yeah. you know mm-hmm. He-Man has his castle. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is the I, I find this absolutely hilarious. We have failed as a society <laughs> if Leapfrog has to now introduce yeah. cleaning toys for your children. Yeah. We're failing as a society, ladies and gentlemen. It's just Leapfrog, Clean Sweep, Learning Caddy. <laughs> you know what? I when you, when you first looked at this, I was like. I felt the same way. I feel the same way you do. But now I was thinking, you know, well, maybe in kindergarten, preschool, the teacher may pull this out to give kids a basic concept because in kindergarten, you learn how to socialize with each other. Sure. Right? Yeah. So here's a concept about being cleanly, you know, being pristine. I I could see. Right? That or preschool teaching this. Yeah. You know, give them a task. You know, hey, your task is to sweep this. Your task is to wipe this down. And make it fun and engaging for kids. I get you. Mm-hmm. I was going to take it sadder because, you know, mm-hmm. as, as we are as a society yeah. where uh, child care has gotten too expensive. And if you have the directive of the amount of people who are in custodial work, and yeah, what if they don't have kids that can't get into child care? Right. Sure, have a nice little toy set of like, <laughs> cleaning to help right. mom or dad, dad as a custodian. custodian. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, quite, quite hilarious. Um, What is that? That looks like something close to Lilith's Pet Shop. I'm not interested at all. Again, it said five and up. Now, this something is something I'm jealous over. Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels, Mario Kart, Rainbow Road, Racetrack. Mm. Yes, please. Yeah. Definitely cool. Because, again, we watched the trailer for the Super Mario's. And, like, they have Mario Kart being shown there on Rainbow Road. On Rainbow Road. This is definitely something that would be uh, a hot. I think item. it is. I think it's definitely a hot ticket item. Hundred dollars at Target. It's it's worth every penny. Okay. I pointed this out to you, and it's it's, <laughs> and I, it's really cool. Uh-huh. The fact that it's in top ten of toys for kids, it's mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surprised it's not higher. Squishmallows is the big mm-hmm. collectible thing that not just kids want, but you know, I promise you, the girl you're crushing right now. <laughs> She has one of these as like a cuddle toy or whatever, and it's comfortable, man. I've got uh, one because Mandy Atake got me one. <laughs> it's a cute little turtle that's like yeah, yeah. tie-dye on it. It's it's it, They're comfy. They're absolutely comfy. Girls at music festivals are bringing these to the stage. You know what? I think I do know of a young lady who probably might want something like this. So maybe it might be on her treat for this Christmas coming up. I feel you. Yeah. It's it's definitely probably mm-hmm. an also good like anxiety relieving yeah. you know tool for whatever, mm-hmm. like for stress. Yeah. It's it's definitely there. It's there for comfort. Yeah. It's 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 even cooler where it's a collectible item. Yeah. Like there are people who have 
mountains of these. And you know what? I can see that's that. okay. Yeah. Cause they're pillows yeah. at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, rather overstuffed animals. I have never heard what LOL is. I, I don't it's know. It's the new Bratz doll. And uh-huh. I, I got to tell you, this is scaring the shit out of me. <laughs> I It looks like Bratz and Polly Pocket had, you know, a disaster <laughs> crossover here. So um, oh, yeah. that's number nine on the list. Uh-huh. Ten. I've seen this all over. This one isn't a popular one where I've either seen it in the top mm-hmm. five or in the top ten. Yeah. But the Magic Mixes crystal ball where it has a lot of you know crazy tricks and a light up thing there's a cute little critter in the crystal ball Mm -hmm. it's interactive oh okay it's a um second redux i guess of um a toy from last year they're just a new model Mm. you know for what it is Listen, I remember when Furbies were a hot thing and they kept coming out with them more and more and more dude now would i want this as a kid hells no yeah, but if you had like a little sister who had this on their, you know, Christmas list. Yeah, they had it, but I. It makes sense. I, it does, but I mean. Just that it's not for me. It's, 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 I'm a dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have a, in the picture, right? You have a boy and a girl playing with this yeah. thing. It's a very feminine product, if I'm looking at it. I, I, I think so, too. The boy is smiling, but he got to be like, what the hell, dude? You know? No, I mean, what what's in what's in his juice box? Yeah, I want three of them. <laughs> Thank you very much. Another little dollhouse little here, tikes. little Tykes real wood stack and style dollhouse. Okay. I could see where this targets the uh, conservative audience for people who are not in the cities because <laughs> it's very close to like you know a, yeah. an old school home. It does look like it out in the mm-hmm. middle of you know yeah out in the middle of the Ozarks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Ozarks. Yeah. Crazy Aaron's amazing prediction putty. Crazy Aaron. Huh, interesting. Who's Crazy Aaron? Yeah, who's Crazy Aaron? I don't I don't know. Like a magic eight ball, but with a full sensory experience. Hmm. That sounds alarming. That looks like a fun gift. Stocking stuffer. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Here's a yeah, stocking sure. stuffer. Go crazy Aaron in there real quick. Yeah. Craftastic do-it-yourself scavenger hunt potions kit. Hmm. Um there was one when I was a kid mm-hmm. called Creepy Crawlers, where you would like bake your own like little yes, plastic. It was basically create it. your own toy thing, yes. which was another follow up yeah. to the Easy Bake Oven, right? This is you know nifty as long as you're not making stuff that would make you want to drink Tide Pods. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that, kids? Remember when you tried to eat Tide Pods? Yeah. We didn't forget. We never forget. Santa's checking his list. He's giving you to Krampus. <laughs> For sure. Oh, yeah. Pop sockets, pop puck. Yeah, that's a stocking stuff. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I have for it. This looks like something for, you know, holding your um, pogs. Mm-hmm. And pogs are still a thing, apparently. Yeah. You know, still going strong. Snap Circuits Green Energy Exploring STEM Kit. And this is a Toy of the Year winner for 2022. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Especially with the nifty crafting. And for experiments. Yeah, I think that was spark the intellectual curiosity for any kid. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely agree. I think this is a good toy, yeah. especially for you know any age group yeah. in the development. I think I see that's a toy I think I can get behind. Yeah, that's that's a gifting one that you would definitely mm-hmm. want to invest. Great price yeah. too. That if you wanted to give for that. Yeah, I think it's a good toy. Fifty nine dollars on Amazon. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Now this is only like one. You know, side of it, but Lego, you can never go wrong. No, not at all. And even 
you know, not to yeah. hit a soft subject, but mm-hmm. like Legos are great for adults. Still. Yeah, no, there. I was watching, I think, on YouTube. This guy he created this whole. Uh, I want to say, uh, what was it again? It was Star Wars. It was the first. Call me again. The first order. Okay. Okay. That scene where I forgot the character name, where he was on a platform and all the stormtroopers. General Hawks. General Hawks. He created a whole thing using Legos. Cool. It was amazing. I, I was sat there. I was enthralled. I was just in the morning, right before work, watching YouTube. And I saw, I was like, Ma, this guy, he spent time on this and it was creative. Um, so, Legos, it definitely is an outlet for creativity. And if you have the ability, you have a creative mind, you like building things, it is a great outlet, great toy to have. On Hulu, yeah. You, yeah. if you it's can definitely, yeah. Yeah, I've seen the it. Lego Masters. Lego Masters. And they yeah. have kids in it now, too. It's Rock. great. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. I, I started it. And Will Arnett is a great individual because he's also part of uh, the Lego movies universe as Lego Batman. Mm. So it's it's definitely great. Jurassic Park toys can never go wrong. No, they dinosaurs in, win all the time. All the time for kids. Every single time. Crayola Ultimate Lightboard mm-hmm. Drawing Table. Okay. Very interesting. That's a very cool interactive toy I there. I think it is. Yeah. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Especially by Crayola. Yeah. That's neat. A Flying Orb Ball Drone Toy. Hmm. This looks like it's gonna break right out of the box. <laughs> like this, I find I look at this yeah. right here, and I like even if there was a demo for it, this looks like this is gonna be the most broken toy <laughs> after unwrapping it on Christmas Day. Yeah. Lots of crying children, and thirty nine dollars at that price. Yeah, it it's, looks mm-hmm. like cheap. You got another uh, little toy here from Star Wars Obi Wan Kenobi, the little droid that Leia had. Leia, had, yeah, Lola. Well, uh, that's what it was. The annoying droid that she had. You ever saw the movie Flubber with yes. Robin Williams? Yeah. The little droid in that reminded me exactly uh, like this. Okay. Um, I want to call it Rosie, but I know I'm wrong because I, I love the I Jetsons. think it was Rosie. It was Rosie I think in was. Flubber? I think so. I'm not sure, but I think it was Rosie. But yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Was like That was the most hilarious part with me. It's just like I couldn't. You know, keep watching it. And I'm like, am I watching, you know, Obi-Wan or am I watching Flubber? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Obi-Wan. Let's not talk about Obi-Wan. Sure, we don't have to. We, we, not, we, we, we not. don't need to talk about prequels of prequels. No, well, we not talk about bad prequel. Listen. Obi- Obi-Wan's bad. I'll, I'll go to war and die in hills about prequels. Uh, but Listen, you talked about underwater, you know, uh, places being weird. I mean, you know, George Lucas is still salty that people don't appreciate Gungans. <laughs> Yeah. Jar Jar. Jar Jar. Jar Jar. For real. Jar Jar. And then this last one, yeah. and of course, I think anybody would want this, but That's the cool. fact that they have Groot for the Lego Marvel Infinity Saga, this is the last one because it's for 10 and up, but it's a perfect little Groot model, mm-hmm. and it comes with uh, the Awesome Mix little you know Lego thing. That's cute. I think it's a collector's item you think about. It. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Something to pick up. You just have adults can pick it up to have it part of the collection. Yeah. Oh, I could see that as a big one. Yeah, that's how a lot of these conversations started with you and me when you definitely wanted to, you know, pique your interest of supporting the pod in the first place. It's just toys, even of how they've evolved over the years. Like, you you could look back of what your favorite Christmas toy that you unwrapped under the tree, whatever the franchise was. Yeah, it was actually, uh, it's funny, I was in New York City uh, for Thanksgiving and I was having this conversation with my mother. 
and I, 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 you know, I praise my mother for doing this. Um, mm-hmm. She, my brother and I, we won the Super Mario Bros. Two video game. Oh, awesome! It was a highly coveted video game. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was something that was sold out through the city. Uh, my mother um, at times working for Prudential, and uh, one of her colleagues' son was a manager at Toys R Us in Staten Island. So my uh, her colleague informed my mother that they was dropping a pallet of these video games uh, in Staten Island, Toys R Us. So people who are not familiar with the geography of New York City, to get to Staten Island, you got to take a ferry. So imagine taking a ferry on a cold ass night at the work. That's Shaolin, bro. Yeah, that's Shaolin. That's Shaolin, exactly. Bro. And uh, uh, and you know, working hours. Um, but then after work, you got to get on the shuttle. Not go to Brooklyn, not go home, um, take care of your boys, but you're heading out to make sure that they have a phenomenal Christmas. Yeah. So she got on ferry, got the Sumari brothers, and I remember that day, Christmas Day, my brother and I had no idea because we wanted this game. We told her, we want this game, we got to have it. And uh, when we unwrapped the game, man, it was like no other Christmas in the world. I still remember that. You know, not, I'm telling people my age, I'm 47 year old, and I still remember it as yesterday. The feeling that we had of opening that gift wrapping and seeing Mario Brothers 2, and to know that we'll be the envy of everybody on our block back home in Brooklyn, East 21st Street between Dibbins and Dorchester. It was an amazing feeling. We unwrapped it, played it all freaking day into the night. Then we went to our friend's house and played the shit out of it too there. <laughs> Loved it. That was one of the best feelings That's ever. That's awesome. Yeah. See, I like it because you mentioned video games. And like mm-hmm. I we we've talked about video games all the time on the program. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I interrupted PlayStation One when I asked for an N sixty four because N sixty four was out in the streets, but Sony just came out and I just like looking back now, yeah. it was so undervalued on what the PlayStation was. Yeah for uh this system i unwrapped a game boy color a game boy ds a 3ds a switch from mandiatake mandiatake is giving me two systems and like i even said as a teenager to like the first woman that gifts me game consoles for christmas is the one i'll marry (laughs) she got me two of them and you know one ring later last year that's the funny part i i dropped hints Mm -hmm. The entire time about getting me Pokemon Brilliant Diamond mm. to influence the engagement ring that I got. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, she delivered with Brilliant Diamond, but, yeah. like, the big thing was, there of course, go. her to match with it. The cool part is, like, I got her holding the game and flexing the ring just, like, at the same time because it's just – it's yeah. a proud nerd moment. Yeah. Um, Unwrapping mm. an Xbox 360 in my teenage years actually gives me the same like heartstrings feeling as you did. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this is in the middle of my rebel phase right. as like a yeah. teenager, yeah. and my parents were going through it yeah. like because it was peak recession mm-hmm. as well. And my parents always bent their back backwards just to make sure the kids always had a good yeah. Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I was a shit kid that year. Yeah. I mean, my parents will tell you I was a shit kid that year. I didn't deserve presents. Mm. And they still got me an Xbox 360 yeah. that year. Parents and loves unconditional. 
Yeah, man. Remar- regardless of, and they know you're going to rebellious stage too. I mean, they oh, would, God, yeah. our parents did it when they were teenagers. But the fact <laughs> is that you know they made sure their children were happy because that's you know parents seeing. And I, I still remember our, my mother's reaction um, when we um, unwrapped that uh, our pay game. Yeah, uh, we took a picture. It was priceless. I mean, on our little Polaroid, we still have the, the picture. That's today. awesome. And um, a parent, you know, when they know they knocked out the park yeah they know they know they knocked it, out the park it feels, it feels the, great they're, it feels they're them up. so happy yeah, that here. they made their children all the time you know so mom thank you for that i love you um just want to let you know that i know i expressed that to you in person in, in, uh, in new york um but i just want the audience to know how much uh you know that meant to uh myself and gregory my little brother um that you pulled that off we love you that's awesome man Nabor is definitely ending the show with the perfect wrapping of, you know, shout out to all the parents who definitely make it happen when Santa Claus is always running late on his sleigh or, you know, whoever you believe in. And for all the naughty kids, look up who Krampus is. <laughs> Cole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nabor, thank you again for coming back on the show. It's, it means a lot. That's for bro. Thank you. And um, you're a great guy. I want to tell you that. Thank you for having me on your show and uh, expressing my opinions to your fan base. And hopefully I can jump on this show every now and then and express my unfiltered opinion about that. Oh, absolutely. Thank that, you, brother. Well, we'll definitely make the time yeah. and, you know, the place. We've, we've figured out a system now to yeah, make it happen, we for do. sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I appreciate you. Anywhere you want uh, the audience to uh, definitely come and find you and challenge you on socials? Yeah. Um, so we you can go directly to our GNR multimedia uh, Instagram page. Go directly there. Um, you can, you know, DM us, uh, one of us would pick up myself, um, my partner, Glenn or Russell will, you know, respond back. Um, but you know, um, you can also hit up Estra bro. He say, Hey, you know, who's that guy talking there with this silky smooth voice? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been t- I told my man straight up the first time we were having lunch, I'm yeah. discussing, yeah. I'm like, man, you remind me so much of Dell the Funky Homo Sapien. <laughs> Everyone's going to like, when'd you get Dell on the show? It's like, I mean, we, we were out in Oakland. We were just having that spot, yeah. bro. Yeah. Just after the Woo show, it was hot. <laughs> It was so good. Yeah. Find me on Twitter at Estero. You can find me actually everywhere on the Matrix, like, you know, video games, Twitter, Instagram, definitely at Estero if you definitely want to interact. But definitely get behind the show. If you're listening to the show right now, definitely share it with a friend, family member. Share the definitely the gift segment of us reviewing USA Today's Hot Toys for Christmas if people are having, you know, a hard time. Uh, finding a toy for you know a little child uh, this holiday season, um, and definitely gonna be putting it on blast for Twitter that at etv underscore pod, Instagram at Estro TV pod, public Facebook group where we definitely you know have a little bit more of the raunchy stuff, and that's also reprised on the Tumblr. And Tumblr's hot in the streets, baby. I see the Tumblr crowd definitely getting on the underground movement of the Espro TV podcast. We see you Tumblr fam. And it makes me happy that we're back and running on that stuff and definitely email us because we definitely don't check that inbox enough at Espro TV pod at gmail.com TV wasn't on this episode because it was the lovely hello nurse's birthday. And it was her beautiful birthday weekend that he definitely had to take over for this. And that's where we're dropping this show 
uh, earlier than scheduled uh, from our regular broadcast hour because we're definitely putting in work being weekend warriors here. And everyone who is still um, celebrating the holidays as it goes on, happy holidays. And we definitely have more episodes coming at you. See ya.